0: They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. the 40. a whole burst to it. Toynette steps to tackle. Runs left, 45 still in his feet. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number
1: 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback.
0: is going to throw. The fake is on, and he's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Talk radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo. I'll my lonesome tonight, but I am not without guests, not without some party favors. Well, I'm not sure about party favors, but you know what I mean. You know we're actually gonna be talking about the Rams bucks today. Before we do, I wanna remind you that should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick-Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for Rams Talk Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. All right. So on the show, to J.C. Allen from the Pew Report covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Also, it's just going to be me tonight. Mike's working. Everybody else is working. So you just got me. Just got poor me. All right. I'm going to get three keys for the game this week. Three. First one, right away. The most important one. We all know what it is. Protect. Matt Stafford, which the the Rams offensive line has done a good job of thus far. Actually, a very good job thus far protecting him. Biggest key thing. What we're going to see talking to J.C. Allen are these two teams mirror each other a lot. They have a lot of the same strengths, a lot of the same weaknesses, a lot of the same concerns. It's going to come down to the trenches, in my view. Most importantly, who gets to the quarterback. The Rams cannot continue to do what they've done. Defensively, giving quarterbacks time to get the football out. They have to get to Tom Brady early, have to get to him often, and that's going to be tough to do. Matt Stafford, on the other hand, they got to protect him. They got to give him time. Give this offense some time on the field. They have not won the time position battle yet. So, first things first, protect Matt Stafford. Number two. Number two. I just mentioned it. Get to Brady. JC and I talk about this. Tom Brady looks young. He looks primed. A couple of years ago, I was on this show talking about how Tom Brady looked slower. how He was starting to regress. And I wasn't making it up. Matter of fact, we saw it on film. We saw his response times lower. We saw him struggling. Awkwardness. More awkwardness with age. And he seems to have found this fountain of youth. This reinvigoration in Hatton Bay, getting out from under Bill Belichick. Well, I got to tell you straight up, he looks great. He's moving decently for his age. He's got a lot of great players around him. They got to get to him. They got to get to him. Aaron Dalton crew have to get to Tom Brady. Why? Because even even without Antonio Brown, this offense is lit. They are fire. They have talent everywhere. Even the even the running backs aren't doing well yet. We know they can be. Okay. So the Rams have to get to him early, make him uncomfortable, keep him out of rhythm, most important thing. And he's Tom Brady. He's hard to do. That's nearly impossible to do, but they have to. Just enough. Just enough for the Rams to get away with this. I'm not saying the Rams are going to shut him down. I don't I think. Kenton offense is just too good to shut down. They're just, man, they're, they're fantastic skill wise. They're going to have to outscore him. Can the Rams' defense do just enough, get to him just enough to throw him off his game? Third thing, third thing, stop the run. The front seven must tackle. They must tackle. Absolutely have to. Tampa Bay has struggled in the running game, but teams have run well on the Rams. Maybe not in sheer number of carries, but when they are getting the football, they're running, and they're able to find space. They're able to help. They're tr- they often have been able to do the whole death by paper cut routine with, with the Rams defense this far. Dink and dunk stuff, short runs, five, six-yard runs, five, six-yard passes, the occasional 10-yard pass, and they just hold on to the football going down the field. If the Rams can simply shore up, get some better pursuit angles, most importantly, wrap people up. They are missing so many tackles right now. It's hard to really assess anything else about this Rams defense because if they would just tackle better, they'd be a lot better off. Early this week, we saw a couple of people put out numbers. You know, First two games last year, yards are loud and so on. So for the numbers, compare well to last year. It's not the yardage given up. It's not the sacks. It's not the interceptions. It's not anything like that. It's how teams are moving the football in the Rams. And it's the same game plan that teams use against them. First, the Packers game, the Bears game, and the Colts game. And it, it works reasonably well. Keep the Rams offense off the field. Wear down the defense with short passes, short, you know, short medical runs. Nothing too risky. Take up the defense will give them. The Rams start to get pass rush and have not really done a great job, I think, of being consistent, very inconsistent pass rush. And a lot of it is because the quarterbacks getting the ball out quickly. The Rams must adjust. They have not shown they can fully stop this. And quite frankly, if the Bears or the Colts had the tied talent level that the, B- the Bucks have, we may have seen different results in these last two weeks. So that front seven must shore up. Just tackle. If they just tackled, pursue, wrap up, get on the ground, this defense is ten times better. Ten times better. Alright, folks. So before we move on, I want to talk again with you about tick-pick. Rams football's finally back. Okay, and there's no need to exhaust yourself looking all over the internet to find Rams tickets anymore. That's because tick pick, that's tick-pick, this T I C K P I C K is your original no fee ticket site. And the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that all the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another site, TickPick will give you 110% in the purchase price. One more time, say it. 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Listen. This Sunday's game is it. Rams Bucks in SoFi. This is it. This is a dream game for, for many of us this year. Two teams with a storied history against each other in a big game, a big early season game. And Tickpick has you covered. So go get your tickets. Visit tickpick.com RTR. Today, use the promo code RTR and save $10 on your first order of Rams tickets. Let me say it one more time. Tickpick.com slash RTR. Use the promo code RTR. You're gonna save 10 bucks on your first order. Also, hey, come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props with Thrive. You can learn the countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact in the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup, each prop is assigned a fancy value for the over-under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rank up the most points, and you win a share of the pool. Use the promo code Rams when you sign up at ThreatFancy today and you get yourself a sweet deal. Okay, for this weekend, new users, deposit 10 bucks and get one free $50,000 Sunday ticket. Deposit $50 get two free Sunday tickets. plus. As always, the 100% instant match up to 100 bucks. So there you go. You have a lot of great reasons to join up. We have a lot of great offers for you for Thrive Fantasy, so go check it out. Okay, here we go. J.C. Allen from the Pewter Report. Check it out. All right, folks, I'm here with J.C. Allen from the Pewter Report. Covers the Bucks. there. J.C., how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How, how are we doing tonight? I'm living the freaking dream. 2-0 and with a massive, massive game coming up this weekend. A test, an early test for both teams. I'm, I'm stoked. Nervous. Stoked, nervous. Did I say nervous?
1: I, I think you did a, a, a oh, few times.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. And so you know, excited for. It. And, and there's a lot of history here too. There's a lot of history between the Rams, and the Bucks. Come playoff time, come big games. There's there have been many a, a big games over the years, including last year, including uh, the the post Super Bowl year in two thousand. I mean, there have been so many great ones and so many shocking ones. There were a couple of years ago when the Bucks came out to L.A. and Put up 55, which yeah. stunned all of us at the time. Uh, we knew the Bucks were getting better. We knew there was talent there. Didn't know they were going to put 55 up on us. And so, you know, th- this this matchup here is one of those, in my view, kind of hidden rivalries because you're not divisional. But when, when these two teams are good, they oftentimes meet each other and they put some great games on for us. So I'm excited. I'm not sure how you feel about that. I'm not sure how you see the history. That's how I see it over here.
1: No, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you look at these these two teams that face, this will be the third year in a row that they've gone against each other. Same thing with the New York Giants. And it, it seems like they're always, uh, you know, getting those matchups, finishing in the same spots in the divisional standings more often than not, and really meeting up with each other. So, yeah, it's it's kind of like a lot rivalry. I know a lot of Bucks fans here will never forget that. You know, Kurt Warner in that 99 year. Uh, I so I know that lingers a lot on their minds, but and then last year, you know, um, I thought that was a winnable game for the Bucks. You know, the better team came out on top, uh, but you know, the year prior to, as you mentioned, the fifty-five burger off there in LA, it's going to be interesting. This is also Tom Brady's first trip to LA. Uh, he's never played in in Los Angeles in his career, so I think that's kind of interesting. But uh, it's a good matchup. I really, as you mentioned, a, a really early test for two of what appears to be the top teams in the NFC. Uh, obviously, Matt Stafford has already turned the, the page around. Uh, watching that game last night, watching Jared Goff, you, you you saw the interception, and the first thing I said was, oh, that's the Jared Goff I know. But, you know, only one pick for Stafford so far through these two games, five touchdowns, he's looked pretty good. And uh, Sean McVay signed himself a quarterback. So uh, it, it's going to be a very tough matchup, very interesting. Obviously, cross-country trip for the Bucks. So uh, that plays right into the hands of the Rams.
0: And the Bucks are now averaging close to close to 40 points a game after these first two weeks. Uh, how has last year's Super Bowl winning team carried over this year? Are you seeing any things that concern you? Are you seeing things that's say, like, hey, it's, this is a finely tuned machine, Super Bowl bound, we're going to repeat this bad boy. How do you view them right now for two weeks? A little bit of both. I think
1: there's. I think the complacency is gone. They're they're not resting on their laurels. Hey, we won the Super Bowl. So I don't think a necessary Super Bowl hangover or anything like that. Traditionally, through the past few years, we've seen defenses start a little bit slower, and that's not said for all defenses. But it appears to be this Bucks defense uh, has started off a little bit slower, especially you know with the rushers they have getting after the quarterback. The pressures are up there, and one of the top teams in the league getting pressures, but haven't been able to finish. And the cornerbacks, obviously, Sean Murphy Bunting went down. Carlton Davis popped up on the injury report late Friday with a hamstring. Jamel Dean left the, the game for a few plays. They just got Jordan Whitehead back. So, on the defensive side of the ball, I think there's still pieces. And, and Devin White, who's been widely renowned as, you know, at least a top five or emerging top five uh, off ball linebacker, he's had some struggles with tackling and other issues. So, as far as the defense is concerned, there needs, there's definitely some work. They need to definitely get after the quarterback a little bit better finish uh, with those sacks and, and force fumbles, strip sacks. Um, but otherwise, you know, it's, it's really all eyes on the secondary. And while they're a maturing group, they've been together now for, you know, three years, four years in some instances, except for Antoine Winfield Jr., who was a rookie last year, but he's already one of the top safeties in the game, if you ask me. Um, it's coming together and being able to communicate and the firepower they're getting. I mean, you opened the season with the trio the Cowboys have. Now you're open the season with this trio. And I, I say trio because Van Jefferson scored on him last year. We obviously saw what he did in week one. Uh, he's no guy to sleep on at all. Uh, so it, it's another big test. And without one of your top cornerbacks, they, they've signed a few guys to the practice squad. Um, but that's where I'm looking at defensively. Offensively, it's the rushing game. And I know you can relate with me there over in L.A. The running game is just not coming together. As quickly or as soundly as one would prefer, Uh, you have Rojo and Leonard Fournette kind of splitting carries, splitting series until one of them gets going. And when I say get going, I mean you know not make a turnover, you know average 40 yards a game if that. Um, They haven't got Giovanni Bernard the ball, which is which is interesting because uh, especially on third downs, they they had 12 third downs and they only gave it to him on six of those third downs, which was very interesting. So I'm thinking, you know. Giovanni Bernard needs to be more of a factor. But as far as the outside weapons, we saw week one, you had, you know, Godwin and Brown and, and Gronk go off. Week two, you have Gronk and, and Evans and Godwin. And so, I mean, at wide receiver, it's an it's it's kind of like what you guys are dealing with there with your wide receiver core. Pick your poison. Obviously, we know Jalen Ramsey's probably gonna line up on Mike Evans, and same thing can be said about Carlton Davis on Robert Woods, but after that, you need stellar you know, cornerback safety play from the rest of your guys because Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, can beat you in multiple ways, same can thing can be said for for Godwin and, and Antonio Brown. So you know, it just needs to be more consistent, I think. Um but otherwise I, I think this team has a real shot at, at repeating and the, the the biggest threat to them is standing in their way right here, week three.
0: You were thing is the Rams. Of all the teams in the NFC you think the Rams are the biggest threat to them. Why?
1: I, I do. Um if you look at the, the, for the reasons I just listed, on both sides of the ball, Rams got a really good defense. Um, there's some underrated parts there. that pe- Everyone obviously gravitates to Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, but you, you guys have a bevy of players on that who are real playmakers who can step up and, and make plays for you. And then the offense is, you know, obviously running game is something that the Rams are trying to get working. Uh, Daryl Henderson Jr. now dealing with an injury. Sonny Michelle was traded for. Cam Akers was one of my favorite coming out of the draft. I was so upset that you guys stole him there. In the second round, but I, I look at complete teams in the NFC, and you know, looking around, maybe you can make a case for the Forty ers but they're they have just been so banged up over the years, and they already lost their running back for the year. You know, I need to see health out of them, and, and then Green Bay. I just you know, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to do MVP type things, but you know, when you only have Devontae Adams, you saw how that happened last year. You know, you shut down that guy. Make all right, beat me with Randall Cobb and Robert Tunyon. Uh, and you know if, because well, both of these teams are pretty good at stopping the run, you slow down Aaron Jones and you make them pretty one sided. And they I don't think their defense has improved anywhere near where where it could have been. So yeah, I mean, it's the Rams. Yeah,
0: I mean don't forget the, the Rams lost Cam Akers, so they're relying on Daryl Henderson. Harrison got hurt last time out. Sony though, came yeah. in and, and did very well, it established himself really quickly in that Rams offense. That's a good sign. So it, we'll see how things go out go out this weekend. I'm looking at the Bucks and I'm thinking. Is there a Super Bowl hangover? It doesn't seem like it. Does it does it you know a lot of teams come off a Super Bowl win or a loss for that matter, and they're just not right coming out the gate. And the Bucks win dramatically in Week One. They win pretty dominant last week. I just look at this game going, wow. I mean, this is this is the early test of the Rams. This is the early test for them. And I'm I'm actually encouraged to see that you feel the same way across the board. I, I do wonder a little bit about Tom Brady and. It, it for me has changed. You know, going back and you know, Sky of the last couple of years he was in New England, he looked like he was aging. He looked slower, his reaction times look slower, he he didn't see the ball out as well as he was getting up there, and all of a sudden he goes to Tampa Bay It has a couple rough games <laughs> here and there, but overall he's freaking Tom Brady. He's doing he's tearing it up, <laughs> yeah. winning a Super Bowl. I mean, has this move to Tampa Bay been as uh, much a reinvigoration for his career as it seems to have been?
1: absolutely and I'll tell you one thing too. I moved down I'm originally from the New England area, right outside Boston. So I've grown up my entire life watching Tom Brady. So I moved down to Tampa a year before he came down here and my first time uh out covering for the because I was with a different organization, covering the Bucks out at training camp, I saw him throw the ball and my draw dropped. I was like, Where has this zip came from? Where did this velocity uh you mentioned the word, I mean there's another no word for it, reinvigorated. I mean he you can tell that he. It, everyone wants to make the case about New England not being a fun place, but I mean, winning's fun, all right. I mean, it might be a little bit stricter. Obviously, Rob Gronkowski's the first one that will that will take jokes there, but you know, I don't necessarily think that was part of the problem. I think it's just it was a new challenge for Tom, you know, and, and he's tried to reinvent himself over the years, even being in New England. But whether it be commercials or whether it be the TV12 uh, method or whether it be You know, him being in movies or whatever he's done, he's tried to kind of reinvent his brand, his image. And coming down here, I think, was a huge part of that and allowed him. Obviously, B.A. allows him to be a little bit more looser, a little bit more uh, himself. Um, But the team, too. I mean, you're coming into a team that's overall pretty young. Uh, So he's 44. A lot of these players, especially the young rookies, were literally children or not born when Mm -hmm. he started Playing you know in the NFL, and if you want to include college, they definitely weren't born, so uh, you know' it, it's, it's given him this new energy, this new source and plus, let me tell you something I've lived in those those freezing cold New England winters. there's nothing like a nice you know <laughs> 70 degree winter down here in Tampa, so it's definitely but, played a part.
0: Yeah and I also think looking at what the talent New England had I mean hindsight being 2020 last you know his last couple of years there. The the box offensively have everybody in a bag of chips offensive. They they got speed. They got class receivers. I mean, you got good enough running backs. And I mean, looking back at the talent that he had in New England last couple of years, I mean, your guy was Julian Edelman. That was your he guy. Was injured he was and he's injured hurt. a lot of the time. I mean, that, but that was your guy you rely on. Damn. And the the, the Patriots, did, in my view, did a really poor job of replenishing talent around him. Couldn't find the right guy. And so I think that plays a role too, but it's been really impressive to see how well things completely changed for Brady once he got down there and was playing in Tampa. Do you see any signs of that age now, or is all those signs completely gone now that he's been, like, you know, juicing on Tampa Bay juice? <laughs>
1: No, I mean that's the thing. That's a crazy thing, right? I mean, he's the league leader right now in touchdowns, uh, with nine, and he shows no signs of slowing down at all. Uh, the guy played and won a Super Bowl on a torn MCL last year, which is just still mind-boggling at the age of forty-three that he could done he could have done that the entire year um, and not have it affect him to the, the tune of fifties total throw, uh, passing touchdowns, including the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I haven't seen any signs of him slowing down, and I think. It, uh, you know, just the opposite. You know, the stat came out recently that Tom Brady, with 13 more touchdown passes, will have thrown more touchdown passes in his 40s than he did in his 20s. I mean, there's just, you know, it doesn't seem like he's, you know, to use Max Kellerman's words, falling off a cliff anytime soon. And I know his goal was 45, and he signed through next year. But if he really wanted to play longer, and he can continue. I mean, because let's—I mean—if he's going to get 50 touchdowns this year, what's the fall off? 32, you know? What's the fall off? 28? <laughs> uh, uh, a spectacular game manager throwing 28 touchdowns and nine interceptions and getting your team to the playoffs—I mean, that's not terrible. I mean, that's Brian Tannehill, pretty much, <laughs> you know. So, I—I uh, I just don't—I don't see any signs of slowing. I don't see any signs of him giving it up. As long as just let him play, I think he could play past 45.
0: Now, looking at the the, the current Bucks offense, and then looking across the board at what the Rams have to offer, what advantages do the Bucks have against these Rams, and what disadvantages they have?
1: Well, running game is obviously you know um, one of them on the defensive side. You, you got one of the best defenses against the run the past three four years. So I think it's going to be a tough day for Sony and tough day for Daryl Henderson Jr. If he if he gets to go, I know he's a little banged up um running the ball. So it's really gonna be, you know, passing the ball. And I think that's where for the Rams it's gonna work into their advantage with the injuries the Bucks are playing. Um, you know, you're missing Sean Murphy Bunting again. I just wrote about this, we're not sure. I just literally put my my you know Rams player to watch, Cooper Cup. He's Mm -hmm. the guy to watch. He tore this team up last year to the tune of eleven catches, 145 yards. The only thing he didn't do is score a touchdown, 13 something yards per catch. And not only that, he had three really big third-down conversions to, to help win this game. And that's where I'm looking. I think Carlton Davis can do a pretty decent job on Robert Woods. Obviously, he's going to eat mm-hmm. too, especially because you don't have Jared off there. You have Matt Stafford, who um, you know is, is everything Sean McVay has wanted in a quarterback. So as long as he stays healthy. So I, I, I think Cooper defense with Jamel Dean, uh, maybe Ross Cockrell, Mike Edwards out there. So I think that's where this this, you know, Rams team is going to have to really look to attack is. I don't you know that that second that second level linebacking core. I think you don't want to touch those. I think you want to target that second and third cornerback. The Bucks with with Coppin Van Jefferson, maybe try to move Robert Woods and get him some favorable matchups, too. Um, as far as the box, it's going to be the same thing. Uh, you know, Mike Evans is probably going to be clamped by by Jalen Ramsey the entire game. So uh, though. Key for the Buccaneers though is they have a weapon that the Rams don't, and that's Rob Gronkowski. So, uh, being able to use him and attack those safeties and middle linebackers uh, um, and outside linebackers for for the uh, Rams is going to be key. Uh, also, getting guys like Antonio Brown and Godwin involved against that those second and third cornerbacks. It's going to be, I think, it's going to be a passing game. I really don't see the Bucks being able to to get the the ground game going um, as they would like with Fournette and. And Rojo, but high scoring, yeah, probably. But watch it be a defensive battle <laughs> and not really yeah, score right that many points. But I, I just think both uh, both of these offenses are going to be able to move the ball on these second and third cornerbacks for, e- for each respective team with the caliper of weapons they have. At the end of the day, I just think, you know, in, in Tom, you just got to trust and That he'll make the right plays to to get you in a position to win, and you know if we're counting on kickers here, Buccaneers know firsthand Matt Gay can lose you a game single-handedly. And, and uh, Ryan Succop has been nothing but consistent for them. So it's it, the matchups for me is really for both teams is 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 through the air and attacking those weak spots in the secondary.
0: So if I flip it around and ask you about the Rams, the the Rams defense against the Bucks offense, you're you know. That's it's vice versa for you. Those things are all there. It's the same kind of game plan. It seems to me as we're talking, these teams mirror each other in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at what Aaron Donald. Obviously, you know, probably a top five player. Definitely, probably the best defensive player in the league. But he's he struggled to have success against this Bucks team last year. Got in the stat. You know, he did obviously make his presence felt. You know, double double teams and and getting some pressures. But you know. It wasn't a lot, so if the Bucs can take him away and say, hey, beat us with everybody else, um, I have confidence in their offensive line. I think that the Bucks might be able to get home a little bit more um, on Matt Stafford with with the offensive line the Rams have, although I still think it's a pretty good offensive line. I just, if we're comparing offensive lines and front sevens, I think i, I give that nod to the Bucks. Um mm-hmm. and you know Bowles is going to be creative and try to get some blitzes out there. The, the team has has blitzed the most in the entire league through two weeks. So I think he'll have some wrinkles, obviously trying to get Joe Tryon, Shoinka involved as well. Almost had his first sack of Vita Vea didn't tackle yeah. him when he was going for Matt Ryan. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously getting pressure up the middle disrupts Tom Brady, every quarterback, but especially Tom Brady with his boys to make those slight adjustments in the pocket and not really, you know. Although he did throw a bootleg touchdown to Gronk last week. That's not <laughs> what he's known for. So, um, but it's going to, I have faith that the, uh, the offensive line for the Bucks will be able to kind of duplicate what they did against Donald. Now, Donald might get free a few times, might get a sack, uh, he, he, you know, get some pressures or whatnot, maybe get his hands up and bat a pass down. But I have confidence in this Bucks O-line, especially in the interior, to be able to, uh, to hold him in check for the most part.
0: So, so go ahead and make the call. Go, go ahead and make the call. What's your final score for this game? Make the, but just for, for craps and giggles, make a prediction. Let's go. Let's go 34
1: to 28 bucks.
0: You're on 34 to 28 bucks. Gonna
1: There's going to be touchdowns <laughs> scored. No, not even. No. 34 to 31. 34 to 31. So you're going three point. You're going, this is going down the wire.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: All right. I think, I think it does. I mean, you look at the rest of the Bucks game so far this season, that Dallas game. Game literally down to the wire, and it, it, with without those two big picks, pick that that game's a lot closer with the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. And like you said, these teams kind of mirror each other. So I, I mean, I see them having success in similar ways against each other uh, this week, and it might come down to to the leg of a kicker. And at that point, give me suck up over Matt Gay, and you know,
0: I mean, I <laughs> hope you know Matt Gay's been phenomenal for us.
1: I know he has. And Bucks fans have been furious about it. <laughs> They've been <laughs> I mean, furious. Every time we have a kicker, the Matt Bryan, anyone who comes here and leaves, you know, they do phenomenal uh, for the most part afterwards. They've been furious about that. Yeah.
0: Alright, so all right, let us know where, where folks can find you online, find your work, and then you can read up all up on your Bucks RAM stuff leading up to the game.
1: Yeah, so uh, follow us at PeterReport.com if you want any more insight. Because I think it's great to learn more about the teams you're facing and about the NFL in general. If you're a real NFL fan, you want to know as much about the league as you can. So, PeterReport.com. We have all of our uh, content there. Leading up, like I said, we're doing. We're just putting on a roundtable, like literally the next like two minutes, um, about you know what players to watch for this Rams team. Uh Peter Report on Twitter as well, and you can find me at, at JC Allen NFL L L E N. JC NFL at Twitter. And all my work's on Peter Report. So I appreciate you guys having me on. It's going to be a great game. Looking forward to this one. And I think this could be a potential uh, first game of the year for these two teams.
0: Well, I was thinking, just, you know, watch. We, you'll be on again here later this year when these two teams meet in the playoffs if things go the way we all think they're going to go. So, yeah, you know, thanks again so much for coming on. And let's hope we're talking again later this season. Absolutely. I, th- I think we will. I think we will. I would be lying to you if I felt good about this game. I don't. This is The defending Super Bowl champions are playing well. JC talks about a lot of good things. He thinks he'll be close. He's calling the Bucks to win. I know. So you guys are thinking, well, he's being negative, Nancy. Listen, I just didn't like what we saw from the defense the first two games. I know the numbers look fine. And that's okay. I mean, they didn't give up a whole lot of yardage. They just give up a lot of time. That's the important thing I want to note. They give up a lot of time. Teams like the Bucks will eat that kind of thing up. But it's at home, the Bucks been reeling a little bit this week with, with COVID in their camp. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be close. Can they beat Tom Brady? Can Matt Stafford beat Tom Brady? I'm not sure he ever has, has he? Probably not. You know what? I' are gonna show some faith in the team here and go Rams 34, Bucks 27, last minute touchdown, win the game. Maybe I'm wrong, but let's put a little bit of faith in the home team. All right, you can follow us on Twitter. At TalkRance. Follow me on Twitter at DC Paul. We're also on Facebook with the, with the Rams Talk Room group. We're also the Rams Talk page. And until next time, we'll see you Sunday night. Have a great one.